Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Love, talk, radio. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again to the place where sports opinions collide. Dead in sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the awful, gruesome injuries suffered by the Indiana Pacers' Paul George. Also in NBA news, the proposed trade between Cleveland and Minnesota seems to be on the way. Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins. Would you make that deal? Speaking of trades, the trade deadline has come and gone in Major League Baseball. A lot of major moves happening, and we've got it covered right here. And we're definitely going to get into some NFL talk, as Cincinnati's Andy Dalton has signed a huge contract that has left a lot of people scratching their heads. Of course, going to be joined by my partners, you know the boys from Dead End Hip Hop, Beezy, FIFO, and Ken. So pass the word. Dead end sports. It's about to go down. Right now. Again, the phone number to call in, 
888-346-0356. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle, the Heathcliff Huffstable of the crew. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to talk about. Two hours really isn't enough. I want to thank everybody for tuning in as you do each and every Tuesday night. Definitely appreciate the love. Thank you for your support. We definitely, definitely appreciate it. Of course, I'm not going to be hosting this show alone. I'm going to be joined by my partners in crime. You know them. You know the fellas from Dead End Hip Hop. Let's bring them on. Let's bring, first and foremost, let's bring in the beat maker of the crew. My man, BZ. B, what, what, what up, though? What up, though? How's it going, Kyle? Chilling, man. What's up with you? Oh, man. Just... And just enjoying life, man. Enjoying life, enjoying sports. Kind of ticked off that the you know kids are back in school now because not traffic. My rush hour traffic. Is <laughs> yeah, you know man. Track. Kids, schools back in, in back in session. Well, all all the schools will be back in session right here in, in Atlanta where we all reside. So, yeah, got to do with that traffic, man. Yep. Yep. Definitely, definitely. Let's bring in the point guard of the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's good, baby? Yo, what up, Kyle? Chilling, chilling. What's going on with you? Chilling, man. Uh, re- re- ready to shoot this uh, YouTube show tomorrow, man. Make sure you bring the cleats, man. I got, you know, I got the laser arm, so make sure you bring the gloves, too. <laughs> hey, I don't need no gloves. I'm playing. <laughs> I, you think I'm playing, bro. I'm putting them laser beams on. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And last but not least, let's bring in the Professor X of the crew. My man, Ken. Ken, what's good, man? Man, you know what? I want to I wanna say a big, big uh, thank you oh to God. everybody that, that listens to, to this show and that watch, you know, the show on YouTube. Because, you know, like you said, Cal, you can see us. And, and what you see on YouTube is exactly what this show is. It's the same thing, just a different format. And, um, and I'm just, you know, I want to thank everybody that, that listens, that got in on the ground floor. You guys are the, the pioneer listeners, man. And you know, it's much appreciated. Um, whether you know you you follow you watching us or listening to us or getting hip hop or you just covered us just out of the blue. Just just thanks, man, because uh you know, we we've had some great, great discussions and I think that, you know, and and I'm thankful that you guys participated in the discussion with us as well. So you know, man, you know, so yeah, man, much like me, man, I'm just happy about life, man. You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. I heard the phone number to call in. Area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. We're talking. We're taking you up until eleven p.m., man. So let's get I'll started, man. That's two hours of your week. Let's get it cracking, um, man. Big news uh, happened uh, last Friday night. Uh, sitting there, much like everybody else, sitting at the crib, not doing much. Just, wasn't much on TV, so I flipped to the channel to the exhibition, uh, the USA basketball team. And um, personally, I walked out of the room and I came back in, and I came back in like just before I see James Harden going, taking off on this breakaway, and it looks like he's going to dunk it or lay it up. I see Paul George sprinting out of the corner of my eye, and Paul George takes off, and Paul George lands, and then it happens. I saw one of the most gruesome sports injuries I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it. Really? I saw something right there with you, B, man. What, what was your thoughts when you when you heard or saw that injury for Paul George? It was weird because, you know, I was watching the game, and, you know, just like you, I, I caught it in regular team motion. But when I saw it, I was like, damn, he kind of – that leg didn't look right. <laughs> like, you know, they're like, mm. it's weird. You know, so – but, of course, and then he was laying there for a minute. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's serious. 
So when they showed it in the slow mo, I was like, ah, ouch. Like, I was like, yeah, I can see why he laying there. I want to say the most gruesome. I, I think Kevin Ware. I think Kevin Ware's injury is is more gruesome than that because like his whole leg, like just like you see the bone and everything just crackle up with Kevin Ware. I think Paul George. I mean, it, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was it was bad. It was it was mm-hmm. ugly. But I don't think it was as bad as Kevin Ware. But yeah, when I when I saw the regular motion. I was just like, damn, he, he landed kind of funny on his leg. You know, I thought he probably just, like, twisted his ankle up. But when they showed mm-hmm. the instant replay, man, I'm telling you, I was like, I made that doo-doo, that face you make when you smell just some straight <laughs> doo-doo. I was like, dude. I was like, oh, that's nasty, man. You know, my goes out to him now. You know, I feel, feel, feel bad for him with the injury. You know, I, you know, and I was saying, I'm like, that's, that's at least an eight-month, you know, recovery. That, and that's not even right, at least therapy. You know, that's not even including physical therapy. So, you know, and it, my thing is, yeah, he's going to be back. But that mental part, man, that mental part is going to be the toughest part. Because, yeah, your body, you might, you may feel 100%, but in your mind, you're going to be thinking like, oh, shit, man, what if I what if I jump up this, you know, jump up for this rebound? Or what if I shoot this jump shot and come down and my shit break again? You know, you know, right. is, is he, is he going to still play as hard? Is he still going to be, you know, like, I don't have that, I don't care, I'm going to play hard mentality? You know, it's... That mental, that mental coming from an injury, and I'm coming from experience. It's tough, man. It's really tough, you know. So, you know, my heart goes out to him, but I thought the injury was, yeah, it was, it was ugly once I saw the slow motion. Regular motion, it wasn't bad. Kevin Ware, his, 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 his injury, it looked a horrible regular motion. Like, <clears throat> you didn't even need slow motion for Kevin Ware's injury when he for Louisville. It was like, oh my god, like you know, it's bad when the coaches and people are crying. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, it, it was bad for Paul George, too. I, I just feel sorry for that organization. Just for him, you know, as a player. I know he want to be out there and compete. Now, CB, now, now you got me thinking about the, the most gruesome sports injuries. And that wasn't even one of the questions, but <laughs> I guess we'll take it there. Um, so, so, so let me go ahead and throw that out to you. Was that the worst injury you've ever seen? Uh, Kevin Ware, uh, I'm, I'm speaking of. Yeah, off the top of my head, that Kevin Ware was pretty. That was pretty crazy. Uh, the Phil, the Phil Sims injury um, for for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I think I don't even remember seeing that. I remember they showed. I think they had like to get like a different camera because I think the angle we was watching, he got tackled, and then you saw him on the ground. But then when you see like LT, like it was, oh no, you talking about uh, Joe Theismann. Yeah, Joe, Joe I'm sorry, Joe Thiesman. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Joe Thiesman got injured, and then when you see when you see LT was like he was going crazy, like get the paramedics, like you know paramedics, get your hands over here. And then you know when they showed, I think it was like a different camera angle. When you showed it again, the way how it's like his leg and knee buckled up the other way, it was like ew. But that one and Kevin Ware off the top of my head is what I can't remember where it was just like, oh my god. And you know Kevin Ware was just so dramatic, and, you know of course the technology now you have. So many different angles, and you know, you saw it in regular motion. And then when you see like the, it was right in front of the bench. So I guess to add the more dramatic tool, when you see the bench reaction, and you know the coach yeah, reaction, yeah. like 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 they were just about to faint. Like they were like they were literally getting ready to faint. So I mean, just I guess it was just the most, it's the most recent, and this is still in my my head. Is the Kevin Ware that that was just brutal. And he was in shock. I mean, you, you thought everybody was about to say, I am a heart attack when that happened. So mm-hmm. that's the one I. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I have to like really sit down and, and think and remember. 
Okay, okay. What, what about you, FIFA? What What did you, two-part question, what did you think when you saw the injury happen? And then secondly, uh, what What do you think was the most gruesome injury you've ever seen uh, in, in a sporting event? Well, I'm going to take that second part first, just, just picking, backing off of what B said. Um, yo, Kevin Ware, I think that was the nastiest thing I've ever seen. <clears throat> and, and, and also, I, when, when I was actually watching the game live, and I didn't know what happened because I saw him land weird. And then I did it in my own super slow-mo instant replay because I got a DVR because I can't live without it. And True. the crazy part about that was the reaction to everybody on the bench. There was yes. one kid on that Louisville bench. That he yeah. instantly threw up, instantly. Like it happened, he looked and he was, and, yo. And, and to me, that's what I found most, most fascinating Man. was how everybody reacted. There was one kid that just fainted. He passed yep. the hell out as Man. soon as that happened. It, it, yo, like like that that was crazy. I think it was the most gruesome because of how that bone stuck out, and because mm-hmm. as a basketball mm-hmm. player and, and really as a jump shooter. The way he landed, like, you you would never think that your foot is going to land straight down and your whole body weight is going to come and just pop that fibula and fibula out the way it did. Because, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, and I know B, B can feel it because me and him, we're primarily jump shooters now. You know, I don't know how he was back when he was 18. I know I used to go to the rack. And I had a, right. a pretty gruesome injury myself, which is one of the main reasons why I don't go to the to the hole no more. And I know that from a personal experience, getting over that mental hurdle is so tough. Just a quick story. I remember um, when I transferred from Miami and I moved to Macon, Georgia, and I'm, I made the varsity squad there. I was the backup point guard there. And I remember having a wide open fast break and I pulled up for three just because of the mentality, like, I was so, I wasn't over it yet. And, and just yeah, when you going into a hole against contact, yeah. it, 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 it just spooked the crap out of me. So, so yeah. it, it, I, I think that that's a big hurdle. I think Paul George would get over it. Um, another gruesome injury um, that, ah, you know what, I had it and I, and, I, and I forgot it. We're talking and babbling on. But anyway, let me get to the, to the, to the uh, Paul George injury. I was actually watching it live, and when it first happened, I just thought he really tweaked his ankle really bad because, you know, he was laying on the ground and stuff. And, again, for personal experiences, I've, I've tweaked my ankle pretty damn bad, and I've been on the ground for a minute, so... That's what I thought would happen, but then when when ESPN shows it on slow mo, I was like, "Oh my goodness, what the hell is going on?" But yeah, it, it was nasty, man. It, it was definitely nasty. Um, you know, I, I I think he'll be back though. Um, just like Kevin Ware, you know, I I think he'll be back. I I don't think that it'll it'll be too much. I don't think that I don't I, even mentally, you know, um, it, it's different. I would say for professional athletes than it is just your normal person such as myself because that is your job, you know, and, and, I, and I think that you do have to get over that mental hurdle, but I just think that it's easier for them to do it versus me or, you know, somebody regular, um, not a professional athlete because you know that you still have, you know, you, you have to provide for your family some other way. Paul George got a guaranteed contract and he knows that, for him, his bread and butter is basketball. You better get over that. And I, th- I think he will. I think he'll be back. Definitely, definitely. What, what about you, Ken? Oh. Two-part question, man. Uh, what, what did you think Kai. when you saw it, and, and what was the uh, what was the worst injury you've seen in sports? Kyle, hold on, Ken. 
I, I remember I remembered the, the the second most gruesome injury. Okay, I've go seen. ahead. Uh, Sean Livingston. That Ooh. was nasty. <laughs> that yo, I, I don't think I've ever yo like nobody touched him. He was on a wide open fast break by himself, and his knee just mangled his knee. Snap, yeah. Um, yeah, another one that I seen that was really bad. If you watch in a super slow motion, is Baron Davis. The pretty much the knee injury that that ended his career. Man, you just see him go up and in mid air, you just see his kneecap just break like inside ooh, the skin. It, yeah, it was, that that was bad too. I, okay, right, right, right. I'm sorry, Ken. Right before you go, I got one time. It's the one I remember. The uh, the Ohio State and, and Miami U game. When the oh game. yes, yes, yes. McGahee. Yeah, see, I, if I start thinking, no, it's going to be up. I don't want to take it. All right. Oh, yeah, go ahead, B. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you, might, you, might, you might name another injury that I probably forgot about, but I'm, I'm sitting here remembering. I'm trying to remember them right now. Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead, Ken. Oh, okay, all right. All right, uh, so hit me with the question again, Kyle. Uh, worst. What did you think when you saw the Paul George injury? And then, what's the worst injury you've seen in sports? Well, uh, I, I go by the, the, the first uh, injury, uh, the worst injury. I, I think I'm in agreement with everybody else, man. I think uh, that that Kevin Ware injury was was something, man. Um, you know, like like he said, you saw the bone actually penetrate the skin. And, and and most of the time we we we've seen that in movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't really see that live and happen to somebody. And at least you know in a movie, you know it's a movie. This this was real life, and you know that guy was really experiencing something um, that definitely was going to have a, a tremendous effect on him on on, a, on a, uh, just a routine play. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that Kevin Ware injury was, was crazy. I think the uh, the other injury that, that I can think of that I thought was pretty gruesome was uh, Mike Tyson biting off uh, Evander Holyfield's ear. Oh, that was nasty, too. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. See? That's a good one, Ken. That's a good one. Yeah. Man, dog, like, that was crazy because you're talking about an ear being physically ripped off by teeth. And... <laughs> We've all been bitten before by somebody. <laughs> and before you even penetrate the skin, that it hurts. So imagine somebody biting all the way through to the other side and tearing it off and then spitting it out. Man, y'all, y- y'all can keep that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that those two right there, man. Those those two are are man. Just they're they're just up there with me, man. Um, when I saw the the, the the well, first of all, I was in the bed uh, about to go to sleep. My uh, my nephews were, were up here. It was uh, uh, both of my nephews were up here for the for the weekend, and you know, like when they first made arrived, it was like. 7.30-something. So, mm-hmm. immediately, I had, like, four boys just running around all, you know, in the house, and we over on the, you know, in the soccer field throwing the ball around and stuff like that. So, by the time this game came around, and they're running in the house, and they, you know, I'm tired. So, I'm in the bed. Right. I'm not watching. Yeah, I'm chilling. I'm like, and Kyle, I know you can relate. 
So look, oh, I'm like, okay, you know, I got my kid running in, so I'm like, Daddy, we have a situation. He's five. So we have a situation. We need you to come in. I'm here to help. What type of situation? Anyway, call me the bed. I'm so. All of a sudden, I don't know about <laughs> until the tweets start coming in. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, tweet, no, the text, because I was Yeah, because I text y'all immediately when I saw it. And I'm like, and all I saw was the thread of text. I'm like, what the hell happened? It can't be that bad. So I go to Twitter. You know, that's our news source. Yep. And um, I'm looking for it. And finally, I see it. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Because I was like, eh. And then I saw it. I was like, ooh. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> So, uh, so I was like, I, I showed I show my wife. I was like, oh, you got to see this. It was bad, but it's one of those things where you got to show everybody. Mm-hmm. Even I was out yesterday. I was like, hey, Rob, man, you got to see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, everybody, I showed my dad. I was like, yo, 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 dad, you got to see that. I showed my mom. I showed, I mean, I was showing everybody, man. I was telling everybody. Um, because it was something that, didn't really need to happen. And because it was a scrimmage game. And, you know, they're just, it's, you know, they're just kind of haphazardly playing. But I think it's one of those things where you can't really avoid it because nobody knew he was going to run into the Sanchion that was sitting there, you know, on a routine just played. It didn't even look like he jumped hard, I don't think. You know, he just jumped. And then he just right. came down. You know, so so you know, so I thought of I was like, damn man, that's kind of messed up, man, because I was really looking forward to Paul George playing next year, because to me, this guy, I, I had a feeling that Paul George was about to go, transcend his game and his play to another level. Like Paul George, everybody was ranting and raving about at the beginning of the season. I thought we were going to get that plus on. So I was a little disappointed because I'm, I, you know, personally. I don't, I, you know, I don't get a chance to see that because I really wanted to see him become that guy because I, I, I see it in his game. And then, of course, everybody, the automatic thing is you think about the Pacers, and you know the Pacers are just, Stevenson's gone, they're done. You know, we don't know what Hibbert's going to come back with next year. David West, you know, he's steady and sturdy. He's going to give you what he can, but he can't carry a team like that. So you look at the paces and and you you look at them. You're like, oh man, that's man. Their their whole season, everything about the paces has changed, and it also shows how small those championship windows are. Because for three straight that's years, so true. They had a chance to dethrone the Heat, and three years they failed. Last year they were the top team in the NBA. And now, we don't know where they're falling. They lost their best player. They lost the second best player. And now, you know, they're done. So, you know, you look at this, so you look at that and you understand why these players sometimes want to try to get it while they can. But that's another conversation for another time. But then I also thought about Larry Bird. And I thought about how... You know, they didn't want to sign Lance Stevenson, and they didn't want to really give that man his money. And now I know they're thinking, damn, we should have signed Lance Stevenson, and we should have given him that money. Because at least they had somebody that they could build some type of offense around. So 
you know, those were sort of the, the thoughts that went through my head, you know, when I when I saw what happened with Paul George, man, because it was really devastating, and I hate that it happened to what appears to be appears to be a really good guy. Yeah, I agree totally. I, I think um, I, I was I was surprised when I saw it, uh, and to be honest, I think I've seen it twice. <laughs> like it was one of those things that I didn't need to see it anymore. I don't need to see it anymore, and. I remember, uh, you know, people were saying, well, I didn't see it. And I'm like, it, it, like you said, well, I was on Twitter. I'm like, if you didn't see it, just scroll down your timeline. I'm pretty sure there'll be some idiot that'll put it on. And, you know, I, I think I jumped into our Dead End Sports account and tweeted that we I wasn't going to retweet it because it, it, it's just, I mean, out of respect for Paul George. And, I mean, because this was, you know, 10, 15 minutes later. Um, by that time, if you hadn't seen it, it, it wasn't hard to find. Uh, but I, I think it's um, – you know, it, it's it's unfortunate. I, I feel I felt bad for Paul George because I think he's a, a good guy, and I think he's one of those rising stars. I mean, he was right there on the cusp. And it, Ken, I think you made a great point in that it shows you how small, and you never know about the opportunities. Here's a team that was arguably, probably should have beaten or had enough talent to beat Miami this year. And if they beat Miami, then hell, you know, LeBron, LeBron's probably definitely bolting for Cleveland, but you know, they're right there on the cusp and they don't get it done, and now their franchise player is gone. Then second best player is signed with Charlotte. Now you're going to depend on Roy Hibbert, a guy who had four games in the playoffs where he didn't score a point. So, you know, I don't know what you do. Um, but we definitely, everybody here at Dead End Sports, we definitely wish him Paul George a speedy recovery. Um, it's probably easy to say that he'll be out, you know, for the next year. Um, but when he comes back, hopefully he'll you know be the better than he was before. Um, and time remain time will tell. Uh, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host Twelve Kyle, joined by my boys in crime. Uh, that would be B Ken Fifo. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop. You know him from Dead End Sports. Make sure that you pass the word on our show. Um, so now after. Paul George's injury, a lot of things came up for debate. And one of the biggest things I heard was that, you know, should NBA players even be participating in meaningless Olympic-type games? I mean, yeah. this is the this was the FIBA World Cup, uh, if you will, for basketball, which is qualifying for uh, the Olympic team two years from now. Um, so I'll start right there with you, FIFO. Should NBA play? Because Mark Cuban is somebody who's been very outspoken, uh, Obviously, we know his his star, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, he was able to hold Dirk out of playing for his home country in Germany. But there's a caveat to that because Dirk doesn't, even though he lives here and works here, uh, he you know, he wants to play for his home country. Because he's not playing for the United States, Dallas can do that. You know, teams that, 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 that are here can do that. NBA teams can do that. Uh, you can't necessarily do that for a, you know, American-born player if they want to play for uh, the USA. So, uh, FIFA, I'll start with you. Should NBA players be held out of international competition? Uh, first of all, Kyle, um, regardless of what, what, what country you're from, um, the NBA can't hold you out. The only way that they can hold you out is if you have a pre-existing injury. And okay. regardless, if you want to play for the USA or for, you know, your native country, <clears throat> that's the only way the NBA can hold you out from international play. But in terms of the question, no, I, I, I think that NBA players should have the right to play. It, it's for your country. Um, I, I don't have an issue with it at all. 
Um, I think that if they want to play, they should play. I think that Mark Cuban and his his feeling is is coming from an owner standpoint. Owner being, I'm not making no money off of this. Exactly. And, and I feel him. I I understand his argument, but I don't really think that he has a, a, a base to stand on because now he's trying to use his injury as his springboard to, to, to fuel his conversation. And I feel like he's taking it from an injury to the money. Those are two separate things. I think that, you know, and it's been said, like, these guys play pro-am ball, you know, all through the summer. They play Rucker. I think a couple years ago, didn't Kevin Durant drop, like, 60-something in the Rucker? Yeah, they played in the Rucker. Because I know I was... Yeah, I was posting in that, and, and those are amazing performances, and, 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 I, and I love when guys do that. So what's the difference between Kevin Durant doing that and playing for the World Cup? It's the same thing. And in all actuality, I think that the World Cup and Olympic play and international play is better for them. Because, first of all, when you're playing in these pro-ams, not everybody is at an elite level. You know what I'm saying? I think you get good competition because people want to prove that, hey, maybe I should be in the NBA. So you get good competition. But come on, let's be honest. We we, we could take a, a starting five out of this World Cup, go to the Rucker, and blow the Rucker out of uh, right. out the park. You know what I'm saying? So I think that this is the best environment for these elite athletes to train and compete and build and cultivate relationships amongst themselves. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, this is a different NBA. It's not, you know, there are rivalries. I, I just, I don't think that it's as heated as it used to be because it's not as physical. The game itself isn't as physical as it used to be. But I think that this is a good way for players to really bond and, and, and really put their games at a whole other level. And, and we could see the result of that. Like D. Rose, like LeBron, like KD. Every time these guys, even Carmelo, Every time these guys come from international play, it just seems that their play in the regular season is elevated for a year or two. So I, right. I, I'm, I'm all for NBA players playing as much basketball, you know, as as good as it is for them. You know, like if you're old and you have injuries, like Blake Griffin had a, you know, withdraw and Kevin Love because of contract situations, you know, I, mm. I think certain situations being for, 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 for a different approach. But – Overall, if you're healthy and your contract's in play, go ahead and play. I think that the Paul George injury was fluke. I don't, you know, I don't think anybody's really gotten hurt playing international ball. So, I, I, man, look, know. NBA players should play as long as they want to play. No doubt, no doubt. What about you? What about you, uh, Ken? What's your take on it, man? Should should players be held out of international competition? Um. I mean, I, I, I think so, man. I, I think it's a conversation that, that needs to be had, you know, because, yeah, this was a, a, a ball intents and purposes, a fluke accident when you look at uh, a, a past history of, of injuries that's happened in uh, international play. But the fact is, it, it has happened. And, you know, I, I think that was a situation where I read that John Stockton, you know, hurt himself when he was playing um, for the USA uh, Olympic team, so I, I think it's a conversation that that needs to be had because this has changed the outlook for the Pacers for for a whole year, mm-hmm. you know. And and now you know they they pretty much have to wash away that season and look to see what happens the season after. And we we know, man, the dynamics in the NBA changes a lot. 
and and um and it could change, you know, seemingly overnight. And for right. the Pacers to go from experiencing the success that they've been they've endured they've had over the last three to four years to go back to being a, a losing team, that that kind of sucks for them. For something like this to happen, and then for them, for them to lose out on that, so man, send them college players over there, man, like like they used to. But Ken, but Ken, <laughs> but Ken, it, it, but it, but isn't this like two sides? Because let's say Paul George went up. He didn't get the block, but he didn't get hurt. And let's just say Paul George played in the World Cup, and he comes back into the NBA season, and he takes his game to a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I, I, I think that there is a negative side, you know. But I think that that's with everything, and and I, and I think that in in, in today's world, right? I, I really feel like you should always put your best foot forward. As a nation, we are the best basketball nation and we should prove it and we should beat every damn country by 30, 40 points or as many as we can every single time in international play to prove a point. And I don't care if it's college players or NBA players. At the end of the day, people can get hurt. You know what I'm saying? And then what, what if this would have happened to a college player that has no guaranteed contract? You know, mm-hmm. the, the school can drop them. You know, they can, they, they, can, they can lose their scholarship. So I think that, in all honesty, I think that it's safer for NBA players to do, and, and, and here's the thing, Ken, I, I, I feel you, because it does suck for the Pacers, but you know what, there's always a silver lining, Roy Hibbert had an awful year last year, let's be honest, David West is getting old, they don't have a point guard, and they let their second best player go, maybe it's just time for a rebuild, trade everybody, right. get assets, and, and just rebuild around Paul George as your centerpiece, so there's always a silver lining in everything, I, I I, 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 I slightly disagree with you, man. I definitely disagree with him, but let's. <laughs> I'm going to throw it to B real quick. B, what, what's your take on it? Um, uh, your players should still play. I mean, I just think it's. I think, you know, we're getting a little bit too, you know, too scared just off of a freak accident, you know. Because I think, for one, you know, America, America for one, is too, too damn cocky. You know, to be losing in in in, in the uh, World Cups and Olympics, because if we send our college players there, and, and then the USA is losing, they're gonna be like, hey, wait a minute, we need to send our USA players back there. They was all right. for it in '92. They was all for it in '96. They was all for it in 2000, 2004, and so on, and all the other world you know championships in between. And you know, just because of a freak accident happens, now it's oh, wait a minute. The players play in the, in, the, in the Olympics. It's just a free accident. That's all that happened. It's just a, a unfortunate uh, uh, accident injury that happened to to a, to a star player. That's all. I, I just think people are overreacting a little bit too much. I'm fine with with players still, you know, going out and playing for the representing the country. Because you know what, as as a ball player, and if I'm going to the U.S., I, I want us to have the best players out there, and I want us to win. I don't want us to be having no bronze or, or, or not playing for a medal. You know what I'm saying? So bring, bring the best players out there. And, and I, I, I have no issue with, you know, NBA players playing in for the Olympics or for the World Cup, for the FIBA, or for whatever. Like I said, the best players, you want to win. USA, like I said, we too cocky for that, man. We, we, we think we need to win on every damn thing anyway, so I can't see them pulling out. All of the top players, and it's like, okay, we're just going to send in college players. Because like people said, say those college players get hurt. You know, they don't have nothing really to back up on. At least the NBA player do, because you got guaranteed money. You know, Paul George right. is going to have a lot of money that's guaranteed to him. You know, at this point, it's all about him getting mentally ready, 
and he's about to have a long, you know, eight to ten month recovery process. And you know that just so be it. Yes, it sucks to be an Indiana uh, owner and everything, and for that organization, to they probably won't even win twenty five games this year. So it, it, it sucks, you know. So it's just a freak accident. People are just overreacting. The media is just overreacting over a freak accident. That's all it was—a freak accident. It's not like you know Michael Jordan got injured in '92. Oh, this person, got, this person got injured in 96. Oh, this person got injured in 2000. Oh, this, uh, you know, Iverson got injured in this year. Like, you know, it's not like it's just a, a, a constant thing. You can get injured. You can get injured during training camp. This player is get injured during preseason. So, I mean, you know, cut it out. It's just, it's just people overreacting, in my opinion. They're the best players out there. Yeah, I agree, and I definitely disagree with Ken. I, I think we got to send our pros. I remember back in 88, when we sent college kids and, you know, we were playing against teams like Lithuania and, and you know, Soviet Union, and we were getting whacked. Getting and ran. It yeah, was, getting and, ran. And that's, yeah. and, and exactly. And what happened in 88 is what proceeded and formed the Dream Team. That's why we came and we had to bring our best players out to, yeah. you know, show the world. The differences between now and – and you have to keep in mind, too, Ken, is that between – that time in 92, as far as bringing out our pro players, this is the first time we've ever had a major injury like that. So yeah. I understand the, the the pause for concern. I don't think it should be a knee-jerk knee reaction. I, I heard things as far as people saying, well, yeah, we should move the stanchions back. To be honest, I don't think the stanchion – I mean, the stanchion has been there for in NBA basketball and basketball in general for a long time. I think in an NBA game, I think players are probably more susceptible to stepping on those – you know, reporters who are lined up on the baseline, I think I've always felt like they've been in the way. And there's basketball is one of the few sports where there is really no buffer between the participants on the court and, you know, the, the crowd. You know, in baseball, you got you you at least have, you know, your third baseline, you got your first baseline. You know, the NFL, there's a, a huge gap between out of bounds and the, the wall where the fans are. You know, in hockey, you got a you know you got a glass, and you got a window, and and you got the wall there. Um, but basketball is a little bit different. I always thought the reporters on the baseline really could you know it's easy to step on somebody's foot and twist your ankle or something like that. That being said, I don't think we should have a knee jerk reaction. I think, like I said, it's been the first injury in major injury to a major star in all of this time. And I just remember how it was back in '88. You can you can put college players out there if you want to. The difference is is that between 92 when we put out the Dream Team and right now, in 92 we could just roll the balls out and blow out everybody in the world by 30 points. That's not happening anymore. Basketball is a global game, so they're playing everywhere, so the gap is closed. So now, you know, we're actually playing games and we're winning by, you know, we're in the Dream Team was winning by 30, 40, 50 points. You know, for us to get a five-point win – you know, we're looking at it like, okay, well, hey, we won. So as as far as USA. And lastly, I think for the players, I don't think that there's anything better than, you know, it's one thing to, to play for the Miami Heat or it's one thing to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think there's any other better honor that you can have than to play for your country. You know, that, that I mean, USA on the, I mean, like, this is the, we're the best in the world. And to be able to be selected and to go out and perform at the highest level and to bring the gold medal back to your country, I don't think, I think for an NBA player, I think that's, I don't think you can put a price tag on that. And I think guys are, and, and that's why we see guys lining up just for the opportunity to try, at least try out for the team. 
I mean, everybody's not going to make the team. They Guys like John Wall and Paul Millsap, those guys got cut yesterday. So, you know, it's not like you're going to have a full roster. I mean, you're going to have a full roster, but my point is is that it's an honor. It's a privilege. Guys want to do it. It's not something where they're dreading doing it. I, I know, you know, they were um, – you know, everybody was definitely affected by Paul George's injury because guys like Paul George. Um, but that being said, they know that they have a job to do. So I think ultimately we're going to see, you know, pro plays. I, I don't, and I heard uh, USA Basketball Chairman Jerry Colangelo speak on it. He said, you know, it's, we're, we're not changing anything. You know, we're, we're pretty, pretty much going to keep everything in the status quo. We're not, we're not going to change up our format. And unless you just get major pushback from, you know, the league association and the players association, then I think the pro players are here to stay. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my boys, Ken, B, FIFO. We are Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Um, speaking of the NBA, um uh, the owner from the Minnesota Timberwolves kind of hinted at it, uh, and there's been several reports uh, that have said that the deal between the T-Wolves and the Cavaliers for Kevin Love and Andrew Wiggins is basically a handshake away. It's a handshake deal. The deal will be consummated around uh, the 23rd or 24th of this month. Uh, there's a rule in place that will not allow rookies. Rookies have to be on their teams 30 days. They have to be they have to have signed contracts for 30 days before they can be moved, uh, and that is the snag as to why Andrew Wiggins has not been dealt. But everybody seems to think that he is going to be on the move. I saw a very, very uncomfortable Andrew Wiggins interviewed on ESPN uh, uh, Sunday morning, and I was kind of surprised that he said that he has not even spoken to LeBron since he's been drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, and from what I'm hearing, LeBron's camp has made no secret about it that they wanted Kevin Love. Uh, so we don't know the full details of the trade, uh, but FIFA, I'll start with you, man. Uh, is Cleveland giving up too much for Kevin Love? And would you make this trade? Put your GM hat um, on the Man, my GM, my GM hat is always on. I, I always look at um, especially <laughs> basketball, I always look at it from a business perspective and I look at it from both teams. A lot of people always look at it from their favorite team and how they can get better, but you also got to look at it from the other side, you know, what they're getting in return. Um, in terms of me, <clears throat> I'd go either way on this one. I think that the key, that, that, that the Cavs will be fine if, if they kept Wiggins, and I think that they'll be fine if they trade for love. And I don't think that they're giving up too much. Um, and this is the reason why. Even though I believe that Andrew Wiggins is going to be, uh, at bare minimum, an all-star, and, and and I was wrong about Anthony Bennett. I, I think he is a player in this league. I, I just thought he was going to be a bum, but that was unfair to him. And it, that was too much of a, of a prejudgment. But after seeing him in summer league, I, 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 I he looked good he in summer league. Uh, yeah, he looked very good in summer league. And, and, and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. You always want a player like that. Um, but I don't think that they're losing too much because you're getting a known commodity. Um, you know what Kevin Love brings to the table. Uh, obviously, he's not going to average what he averaged in Minnesota with the Cavs, but his skill set, it pairs perfectly with LeBron and a Kyrie Irving. 
Um, so, and, and, and I think what you're giving up, you're giving up unproven commodities. You're giving up future stardom. You're giving up three years, four years down the line for something that you know is going to make you better right now. So I don't think it's too much. You know, that first round pick that they give Minnesota, I don't know if it's going to be a Cavs first round pick or another team because I think they got like three first round picks this year. You know, mm-hmm. so, so I, I, I don't think that that's going to be too much either because it's going to probably, it is, if it is a Cavs first round pick, it's probably going to be a low first round pick anyway. Um, so, so I think in all honesty, this is probably in, in, in recent time, probably the most fair um, trade that there has been, mainly because Andrew Wiggins has been touted as the next LeBron, the next great player of this generation. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, you're giving up a guy that is, you know, maybe top five, top ten talent, but you're getting a guy that potentially could be the best player in the NBA. You know, you're getting a first-round pick, and you're getting, you know, last year's first-round pick, first overall pick. So I don't think it's too much for Cleveland, mainly because you got LeBron back. LeBron makes everything easier. So whatever you're losing, you've already gained with LeBron, and you're gaining even more with Kevin Love. So, you know, it's more of a win-now situation. You know, whenever you have LeBron, you are in a win-now situation because LeBron by himself, you damn near could win it. You know, obviously you need pieces, but I, 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 I love the trade for both, from both perspectives. Um, I, I wish that, just as a fan, I wish I was able to see LeBron and Andrew Wiggins play together because I think that would have been beautiful. You're talking about arguably, you know, obviously LeBron is the best athlete in sports, and Andrew Wiggins is, I think, day one top five athlete in basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I think that that would have been a, a, a real dynamic vote. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I understand. And realistically, I like what Minnesota's doing. Um, I like that being a, a very athletic guy. You pair him with you get Anthony Bennett, you know, I'll get rid of the rest of the team and just really build around the young players over there. So, I think both, both, both they're winning. They're, they're really winning. So, I think it's a good move. Definitely, definitely. What about you, B? Uh, uh, would, would you make this trade, man? I mean, Kevin Love, you know, perennial all-star, a uh, guy who is, you know, a walking 26 and 12 uh, versus Andrew Wiggins, the guy who has been, you know, hyped up to be, um, you know, the, the next best thing. Yeah, I would make that trade because now you have probably, arguably, maybe top five player right now in the NBA in Kevin Love. Um, you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, like people say, he's probably not going to have the same exact numbers he averaged in Minnesota. Granted, you know, he was like the go-to guy from Minnesota. But, you know, just his tangibles and the skill set that he brings to that team, along with, you know, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, I think that's going that's, that's going to be – they're going to be a, 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 a contender in the East. I mean, I, I ain't going to pencil them in, you know, say, yeah, they're taking the East, they're going to they gonna win it. But, you know, they, they're going to be competing. They're going to be up there. They're going to be a, you know, a 2-3 seed, you know, possibly one, two, or three seed, maybe four seed or whatever. But they're going to be competing. They're going to be one of the teams where you're going to be like, okay, they're they going to they gonna be really respected in the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, I would make that trade. I mean – like I said, Bennett, you know, yeah, he started off suspect, you know, and, and he he looked good in the summer league. Now, will he be going over there putting up 20, 20 and 15 or whatever? We don't know. I mean, you know, he could be maybe the same. He could get a little bit better. 
um, Andrew Wiggins, you know, he's, he's played to be one of the best players coming in. We don't know that either. It's like a bunch of what if, you know, where Kevin Love, you got you to gotta guarantee, like, okay, we know this guy is going to do this. He can stretch the power four. He can, he can shoot the three. He can post. He's a good passer. You know, he's a good free throw shooter. So, it's just, you know, it's just like you, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a short thing with Kevin Love also. And then with Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins, you get the, oh, what if, or what if, and, you know, this guy might do this or he might be this. We don't really know that. They might, Andrew Wiggins might be a bust, although we know. We don't know that. I mean, he got the potential to be one of the best players in the next, you know, five or six years. But, you know, we don't know that. It's a lot of, a lot of ifs. But, um... Yeah, I think I'm cool with that, Trey. I, I th- I'm glad Cleveland wasn't throwing out, like, a lot more, like, you know, where it was rumored before, where they were throwing out, like, you know, a couple of first-round draft picks and, like, three or four players off. Of you know, it was just like, okay, they, Cleveland getting uh, – Minnesota getting ridiculous ass of all this. So, I think Minnesota knew they had to get something for Kevin Love right now. Now was the time, and they pulled the trigger. So, and, you know, LeBron got his wish. He wanted to play with Kevin Love. So, let's see what they're going to do. Definitely, definitely, definitely. What about you, Ken, man? Uh, what's your take on it all, man? Man, y'all don't even have to ask me. You already know I will not do this trade. It, <laughs> just, don't, it, it just don't make any sense to me at all, um, mainly because for, for this simple fact, the, the man will be a free agent any damn way, and he already said he want to come to Cleveland. So you don't have to do this trade this year. You can take this. You can take this year off and see what Wiggins and Bennett do, and then from there you go ahead and get the guy next year who wants to come there. It, it, it's, it's just simple. LeBron said it himself. It's not about trying to win this year. It's the process. It's a long process. And is giving Kevin Love a step towards that process? Yes, it is. But I think it's also um, them trying to add a little jolt. To the process as well. I think they're trying to, you know. So I, I would not do this trade, man. I, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe if, if, if it was Wiggins and a first round pick for for Kevin Love, I'd be okay with that. But Wiggins and Bennett, come on, man. This is this is too much for me. Ken, I, I, I wouldn't Ken. do it. Ken, all right. So so let me let me ask you this, right? Like the unknown. Is unknown. We we don't know what's going to happen next year. What if a, a, another team moves, reshuffles, and that's where Kevin Love wants to go? Like, who's to say Kevin Love wants to go to Cleveland the whole year? What if the off season he becomes a free agent, Minnesota doesn't move him, or they do move him, and the team takes him as a rental, and he becomes a free agent and he wants to not go to Cleveland now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that unknown is too great. And I think that what you're giving up, you're giving up unknowns for known. You don't know what Anthony Bennett's going to do because last year, you really can't even count it as his rookie year. He came in injured, was battling, you know, um, weight issues, couldn't really get a lot of playing time. And, and we don't know exactly what Andrew Wiggins is going to do on a night-in, night-out basis. And you're giving right. up a first-round pick that's not even most likely going to be in the lottery. So I, I think that you're giving up a lot of unknowns for a known commodity. And we don't know what's going to happen in, in next year's offseason. What if L.A., remember, he is from L.A., he went to UCLA. What if L.A. moves some things, they give him Julius Randle, this, that, and the third, and he goes to the Lakers instead? So so to me, I think he makes this move mainly because 
You know what you get. And he fits like a glove there. He fits with LeBron's game. He fits with Kyrie's game. He fits the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they want to do. I agree with you that I wish that he would just come next season and you keep Wiggins and you keep everybody and just add Kevin Love to that. But at the same time, you're right. I don't even think that they're going to win next year. I think that, obviously, they're a top-two team in the East just because of the nature of the East. But at the same time, just because you get Kevin Love doesn't mean that you're going to win. And it is a process. Miami had the big three, and they didn't win year one. They're still going to have to add pieces next year. Whatever they now with James Jones that they already signed, Mike Miller that they signed, Ray Allen possibly, that's still not enough. At least it's not enough to beat the West. It might be enough to get out the East. Which I, I don't think so because I think Chicago's still better than them. But to beat a West Coast, they don't, they still don't have enough. So they're still going to need next year. And, and, and that's why I say just, just make the move now so that way you know where you sit next year and you know what you will need next year. I don't know, man. I, I think, you know why? Look, Kevin Love himself said he wants to play with LeBron. You know, so, yeah, he could change his mind. Uh, by next year, but I doubt it. Sometimes when you want to play Why? with a guy, with a guy you know, but because that's what they want to play. Who else would you want to play with? Give me somebody. But I'm saying, Obi? But not, but, but Ken, it, it, it's not about who he wants to play with more than the situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people want to play with LeBron, but the situation doesn't, you know, won't allow itself. You know what I'm saying? And who's to say that the Cleveland Cavs will have enough, you know, um, salary cap next year. What if somebody else comes on the market? What if you can tra- – there's a lot of what is, and that's the point. You know Kevin Love wants to come right now. Let's make the deal. LeBron wants him. He wants to come here. Let's make the deal right now, and that's it. Let's put all of this to rest. Let's get him in training camp. Let, 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 let's see what we have going into next year. That, that That's the main reason why I say make the move now, because you're not giving up a lot. What Like, what are you giving up? Are you – like, like Andrew Wiggins, for him to reach his potential, it's not even going to be four years from now. At 22, right. 22 23, that, that's not even when he's going to be the guy he's going to be. You're not going to be that guy until about 25, 26. At that point in time, you know how old LeBron's going to be? And you don't have another guy. Yeah, you don't have Kyrie, but you still need that other guy. And we don't know what Wiggins is going to be. You know what Kevin Love is. And Kevin Love is still 24. Like, what is he, 25, 26? So he's still young himself. So I, I say make a move. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm Bad move. I think it's a lot. I think they're asking for a lot. But I think at this point, I think you have to make the deal um, just because of the known as opposed to the unknown. Um, I'm one of the few people, I like what I see in Wiggins, but I don't see everything else that people tell. And I've been on record on this show as to say that I don't see what everybody, when, 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 and I think people and I talked about it, Months ago, uh, when they were uh, when, when he was coming down the home stretch of his freshman year in Kansas, and people, the one thing that I keep hearing hearing people say is talk about his upside. I don't necessarily see it. I see an athletic guy, a, a kid who can do a lot, you know. But I've seen a lot of those type of kids, so um, I, I just I need to see more from Andrew Wiggins. That being said, I think with with Kevin Love 
and with what Cleveland has thus far. I don't like the idea of getting rid of Bennett because I, I, I like what I've seen thus far with Bennett in, in summer league. He, he looked very well. He lost weight. Um, he looked like a guy who was motivated. I mean, hell, playing with a guy like LeBron James can motivate you. I mean, you, you just never know. Um, my question is, is does Kevin Love become Chris Bosh uh, for for Cleveland? You know, because LeBron, you know, he's a guy who commands the ball. He, he you know, he frees up a lot of things offensively, and you become shooter. Now, if Kevin Love is going to be – I don't know that you're going to, like people said, I don't know that you're going to expect Kevin Love to be 26-12, and 12, you know, in, in Cleveland, but – I think it's a it, it's and then it also gives them a year. Even if they even if Cleveland doesn't win it all this year, like LeBron said, that that would be a one year of them playing under. I, I see what Ken is saying, but FIFA, to FIFO's point, if you make the deal now, you at least got this season out of your way to play together. Just like it took the big three to kind of a year to get it. Well, they I mean hell, they went to the finals the first year, so. You know, you just never know. And I think with especially with Paul George going down, to me, and I know it's early and the season hasn't started yet, but it looks like a two team race for the for the finals. For the Eastern Conference Finals. Um hey, and maybe, maybe you could throw Miami in there, I guess, but you know, right now it looks like Cleveland and, and Chicago to me. Go ahead. Hey Kyle, the only difference between that big three winning that, that, that first you know, going to the finals that first year and and then his squad, the Cleveland squad that Miami squad, you know, Wade and Bosch was already battle tested. Wade won a championship already. This is true. Bosch played in Bosch played in playoff games. You you now you're playing with guys I've said it before, who's never been battle tested. They never played, you know, Kevin Love never had experience in playoffs before. Kyrie Irving never played in playoffs before. You know, like I said, the only person off that team off top of that I can think of is Anderson Virgil. That's it. But other than that, you know, that's that's why that Miami Big Three went to the finals that first year because they were bat- they was guys that, that know what it takes to get there and they was battle tested. So that's the only difference. Definitely, definitely, definitely. The phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Oh, before I forget my, my most gruesome injury, I gotta go with Theisman, man. I gotta go with Joe Theisman. Uh Lawrence Taylor broke his leg uh during the game. Um I remember watching that game and uh what was interesting to me was that you could actually hear his leg break on TV, like, and, and, and I remember, I remember, and, and many of you, well, some of you know, most of you probably don't know, uh, my uncle actually played for the Giants, uh, Harry Carson, Hall of Famer, um, and he was actually, he actually missed Theismann. He came in on a linebacker stunt. He missed Theismann. He missed the tackle, but Lawrence Taylor got it. And I asked him one day, what was it like? And he said he had never heard or seen anything like that. He said when his bone broke, he said, you, it was, he said he never heard anything. That he said it sounded like thunder, and he said the only thing they could do was try to just talk to Joe Theismann so he wouldn't look at his leg because they thought that he would probably go into um, into shock. But his leg, much like Kevin Ware, it pierced his skin. And now we didn't get the camera angle that you know we got with Kevin Ware, but it was right. the same type of injury, compound fracture. Uh, Joe Theismann even I talked about it to this day. He said when he was said when he was when at the time that it happened he was six one. He said if you if he leaned to his right he's he's five eleven because he just you know he just lost a part of his leg. But um gruesome, gruesome injury and it obviously happened on Monday night football. Um yeah. uh, right now let's jump to the phone lines. Let's we got a couple callers, let's not keep them waiting. 
Let's go to our folk man, the the the, the sixth man, my man Q. Q, what's good? <laughs> Hey, what's good, everybody? What's up? What up, what up? Chilling, man. What's up with you? All right, so I want to answer y'all question. Um, the, is this trade too much or whatever? I guess the question was that. Um, three perspectives. I'm going to give you three perspectives. As a Timberwolves thing, um, I need a little more from Cleveland. As, as a Timberwolves fan, if I was a diehard Timberwolves fan and I, I watched Kevin Love, 26 and 10 at his average, I'm going to need at least two or three guys for him, flat out. That's just as a Timberwolves fan if I, if I, if I was one. Because I look at what he does, and I'm like, man, I need at least three dudes because this man is in the top five players for just offenses in the NBA. So mm-hmm. I need three I, I need three guys. I need Waiters, Wiggins, and Bennett, for real. Oh. Cleveland perspective? This is amazing. I'm getting Kevin Love, top five player in the yep. NBA top. offensive side for Andrew Wiggins, who hasn't done a thing yet. He, he's yep. suspect handle, suspect jump shot, but all the upside in the world. But once again, that was said about Kwame Brown and all those motherfuckers. So it's like, what really? It's just, it's just words at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, third perspective. As a Sixers fan, this is incredible. This is amazing for for the organization um, because you know a lot of rumors circulating that the Sixers will be involved in this trade some way or another, and I do not put it past Sam Hinkie to get up in mm-hmm. Um I've heard everything from Zach Levine going to Philly, and the most recent rumor is Anthony Bennett comes to Philly. So I yeah. like the trade. I like the trade from those two perspectives, and I think that um, just as a as a Wolves fan, I'll be kind of salty because you know I get from the total trade is that Kevin Love, Kevin Love is kind of being a little bit of a crybaby, you know, and just from if I was a Wolves fan, I'll be kind of salty. I'd be like, man, all we're getting is Wiggins, but you know, let's not forget that keep this in perspective, Wiggins. Zach Levine, if he stays, and the rookie uh, center from Louisville who had a good second half of the year, uh, Zhang. I don't know if you guys yeah. know him. Yeah. He, yeah. That's a pretty good building block. And if Shabazz Muhammad can stop being a bust, then maybe, you know, they they have four solid guys there, maybe. Um, The future doesn't look overly bright, but let's just say that Wiggins compares to just like uh, a 15-10 and 10 guy. Because let's just say that I think that's a good starting, you know, place for them to start from. Because the Wolves don't really who who do they have to look forward to? They have no one looking at them for free agency. But this whole situation for them is kind of messed up. You know, I don't like what they have going on. Because Kevin Love should just stay there. <laughs> from a Wolves fan, I'd be like, Kevin Love has to stay there and just stay with us. But as, as a Cleveland fan, this is this is the best thing that happened to us since, since we drafted LeBron James. Right. Having Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and LeBron James coming home, this is just so amazing. The basketball gods have just blessed us with with all this amazing guys. But I'm telling you, the Sixers going to get up in this somehow. We're going to reap the benefits. We're going to reap the benefits. Everyone, you know, thinks that this trade is only going to benefit two people. Nah. Do not put it past Sam Hankey, bro. Do not put it past Sam Hankey. Because I'm telling you, if 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 Bennett can be 
anything of an average player, then we won because <laughs> we 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 can win because we will be taking on a bad contract, dumping whoever I think Kevin Martin maybe, bringing in this kid, and if he can just be anywhere to be an average player, having that core of Michael Carter Williams, Joel Embiid, Nerlens Noel, Anthony Bennett, KJ McDaniel's, and all the great guys that that we brought in this draft, I'm telling you. It's going to be something crazy. But other than that, I think what's most important about this trade is the fact that LeBron has just basically become the GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have to tip my, he's become the GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. Like, it, I have to tip my hat off to LeBron James because I've never seen an athlete in my, in my life actually steer his career the way that he has. He's done everything he's wanted to do. And he's done it punctually. There's never been holdups with what LeBron wants. He's gotten everything on, on the silver platter when it comes to his basketball uh, life. So I think that's that's really great for him and his city. Still salty about him going back, but it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. overall, from those three perspectives, you've got to take it for, for what it is. If Andrew Wiggins can be great, then, you know, that's just a plus for Timberwolves. But those three guys, Zach Levine, Zhang, and him, I think that'll be a good building block. Cleveland's going to be in those top three seeds now because Indiana's just going to be trash. Every, everyone, I've seen, like, two guys on Twitter talking about, oh, yeah, I think Roy Hibbert's going gonna to have, like, a Shaq kind of year. No. Stop. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> like, he's, like, he was like, oh, man, he's going to just take over him and George Hill. They're not. That team is absolutely done. And But the thing is, I will say this, to piggyback off what Kim was saying, we don't know what Kevin Love can do um, in the free agency coming up with, with like, his options. I mean, who knows, man? Like, let's just say, like, you don't know what happens when it comes to injuries or anything can happen. So let's just say, like, Kyrie can't stand the season and they go in the playoffs and they get bounced out of the first round. Let's just say this as a hypothetical. And the Knicks do the same, and they're bringing in guys from the draft. They get more draft picks. Kevin Love, seriously, I'm being honest, Kevin Love has to look at New York and be like, all right, you know what? If I bring one title to them, I'm immortal in basketball forever. And that's for both Cleveland and the Knicks. So let's just say that they both get bounced out the first round, New York and then Cleveland. I had to look at New, I had to look at New York and be like, all right, I can, I can, I can play with Carmelo, I can play in right. Triangle, Derek Fisher, Phil Jackson is there, you know, if Tim Hardaway Jr. and Clay Anthony Ely uh, turn out to be great players, then what's separating us from Cleveland other than the fact that they have LeBron James? And in my opinion, I'm I'm gonna be real on offense. Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Love scare me way more. Then LeBron James and Kevin Love scare me. This, those two could combine for a hundred points, easy, easy. LeBron and Kevin Love, I think it's going to be a little tough learning curve for for, for them to play together. I'm gonna be honest because I don't think Kevin Love is used to the pace in which Le, which LeBron and Kyrie can play. I think he's gonna to have to get in shape. He's gonna to have to cut some weight down, and it's gonna be a little difficult for him in those first few games. Kind of like how it was for Miami. Everyone thought they were going to come in and like beat people by like eighty points. Yeah, right. I think they're going to go through. I think they're going to go through that similar problem, but it's going to be a little more um, 
extended for them because Kevin Love, he's not like fat or anything. I just don't think he's as in shape as LeBron and Kyrie are. And and another thing, we don't know what the coaching is is going to be like, man. Like we got a dude who just came from overseas. And no disrespect to anyone who coaches overseas, but it's a completely different ball game than it is in the NBA. And we have to take into account that who knows what Charlotte's going to do next year. I'm saying that the trade, just basically talking about what Ken is saying, the trade from a Timberwolves fan and Kevin Love's perspective, I don't like it. Because what's going to happen if Charlotte just goes to the Eastern Conference for finals, man? Like, like what's going to happen if Cleveland doesn't, you know, do what they are saying that they want to do, compete? What if that doesn't happen? What if, like, the Pacers and the, and the Cleveland Cavaliers have the same record? Who knows? Anything can happen. So I guess what Ken is trying to say is that why make this trade now? But I also see what people are saying because you have to have that leverage and you have to use your your, your leverage because we've all seen what happened to Paul George. You got to get your money. Oh yeah, now. you got to get your money when you got. To. I mean, you got to get it. You got to get it. strike while the iron's hot. And fortunately enough for Paul George, a guy who you know just signed a new deal, so you know he, he's he's good. He's good money. Um, you know, yeah, unfortunately, some good. guys don't get that chance. Um, you got anything else for us tonight, Q? I, I got one question. Um, Okay, go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I have no clue if y'all uh, heard about the uh, draft lottery. Uh, the uh, the uh, rules are supposed to be a uh, proposal for a reformation. Um, what do you all think yeah. about that? Because we all know that it's targeting the Sixers. We all know that the Adam, you know, the GMs are like, oh, the Sixers are waiting to get their payday. What do y'all think about that, man? They're trying to stop our plan, man. They're trying to stop the rebuild. Well, you know um, what? Q, wait, hold on, Pete. Uh, you, you can go right after me. You know what, Q? I mean, y'all, you guys, you sisters need to stop cheating, man. And they need to man. Oh, man. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here, Kim. Six um, circumvent the system, man. <clears throat> They're not circumventing the system. Look, 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 look. In America, right, we have a, a a bankruptcy policy, right? If you get in over your head and shit don't work out, you have a reset button. And to me, yeah. that, that's all. Hmm. And, and to me, that's all that the Sixers are doing. Let's be honest. you know. And I was trying to make this point to my brother this past weekend. In the NBA, when you have special players, Typically, just that one special player can get you to the playoffs. Now, certain circumstances, like a Kevin Love, where he's in the West and everybody's super loaded, he himself can't get you there. But if Minnesota was in the East, man, they would have been a top six team in the East. Let's be honest. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's true. Drew, Drew Holiday is a good, borderline great player, but he's not good enough. And that was the problem. They tried to build around him. They bought him Bynum. They had Jason Richardson. They, that is, they had a lot of things. And guess what? It still wasn't good enough. So we need to get better. Free agents don't want to come here. Or maybe that's not the route we want to take. We want to go younger. Because there's certain advantages to it. It's cheaper. Now you have assets. Now you can move. And you can make a place for somebody that's bigger. You know what I'm saying? So 
It's not cheating the system. It's the system. It's in place for a reason. I think by leveraging everybody's chances to have the same odds to get the number one pick, I think that's cheating the system. Because obviously, if the worse you are, the more help you need. And it's still not guaranteed that if you have the worst record, you're still going to get the, the number yeah, one pick. Yeah, we saw that this year. Cleveland, Exactly. The last two, three years, they haven't had the worst record, and they still got the, last, the number one pick overall. You know what I'm saying? Like, Boston needed a higher pick than what they got. There was a lot of teams in the NBA that needed a higher pick than what they got, and Cleveland still got it. So, to me, you don't have to change it. This is another knee-jerk reaction. I don't think you need to change it at all. I think San Hinkie and Philadelphia and OKC and San Antonio and all of these other teams that use the system the way it's presently constructed, they're just they're just better at it. That's not their fault, and they shouldn't be penalized for it. I feel that, man. Like, definitely, I just, definitely, I think it's, I think it, I think it's messed up, man. Because for years we we kept trying to get free agents to come, and we learned when Charles Barkley left that something was wrong with our organization, and perhaps we should have brought more and more guys to him. And he's not going to be like Michael and just take everyone to the promised land by himself. And we kept trying to just force it, but AI, we didn't bring nobody in to help him. Brought in an old Chris Webber, like it was, it was, it's pretty bad. So when we, so when we traded Drew Holiday um, to the Pelicans for Nerlens and uh, I think some other picks, I think that was the start of something that the NBA was like, okay, that's that's pretty interesting. But then when it just became more evident that all right, trade Evan Turner, Mr. Hawes, all those other guys, NBA kind of like perked up and said, hold up, are these guys trying to draft their way to a championship? And I don't see the problem with that. That's that's the system that we have in place. And no big free agent wants to come to a small market, apparently, unless it's their hometown. I mean, so I don't get why they're acting like this is such a horrible thing. And plus, we're not even guaranteed to get the number one pick every time. So I think they're trying to change it to where the like the top worst teams just like worse in, in general, it hasn't had to do anything to do with like a like a ruling of oh we saw you tank. It's just like if you have the three worst records, then you're automatically put in that six through nine spot. And I hate that. I think that's terrible because there are teams who who are just blessed with picking the right players and then and they turn into like superstars. Like who knew when. Kobe went from the Hornets to the Lakers that he was going to just be in a five-time, you know, championship. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure if the Hornets knew that, they'd be like, oh, well, no, we're keeping this guy. No, they traded him for Vladi, and he was able like four years. Terrible. So, in conclusion, man, you just got to give us what we've been trying to set up. They're scared that they're going to wake up one day and see the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're gonna be like, oh, I guess we gave them that. No, you didn't give us anything. No one, no, no one's giving us anything to begin with. And we're just building to the draft. We only give one player, so it's like, you know, it's not like we're holding up all ten picks. It's only one guy. It's not like the NFL, how if you just automatically get the worst and miss it. And if you want to show us what really happened, show us what really happens behind the scenes with the ping pong balls. If you want to clear up any doubt. Cause there are oh, people who that, you know that's a, that's a fraud in and of itself. <laughs> hey, we got to jump to the they, next they call, Q man. As always, man, thanks for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate the love from the sixth man. It's crazy, man. 
Y'all have a good day, man. It's crazy. All right, man. We'll holler at you next week. Peace. 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 Phone number Q call 646-478-0356. Now let's jump to area code 832. 832, you're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, what's up? I'm I'm Kevin. Kevin, what's going on, brother? Kevin. Uh, nothing. Uh, I was ta- thinking about the 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 Cavs and why they gonna make that trade. You know, next year, uh, Kyrie, he, he's gonna be start getting paid, start start getting paid uh, 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 big money. So they don't they won't have the the salary cap room to bring Kevin Love in next year. Okay, so you think it's a cap issue as far as whether or not they'll be able to, if they held off this year, so right. they basically what they would be running into, what you're saying is almost like what Miami ran into where you've got, you know, they've already signed, well, they actually they just signed Kyrie to a max deal, LeBron hey, getting max money. For next year, so it'll be $15 million more next okay, gotcha. year. Okay, gotcha. And then LeBron's getting twenty. So you don't have you know, if you're gonna pay uh, Kevin twenty, it's gonna I mean that I mean it's gonna be hard to fit all that money in. Oh, definitely, definitely. That, that's a good point. It's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out, Kevin, because you know the the I and we talked about it a few months ago. The idea of guys teaming up with each other and everything like that, you know, and, and what whether or not you like what the Heat did as far as coming together or not, they made a huge sacrifice financially. And I don't know that, and and what came to fruition this year, obviously was, you know, after the season was LeBron said, hey, if I'm coming back, I'm getting max money. And that tied, you know, Pat Riley's hands to some degree. But he, he wasn't, you can't expect him to take the discount, to keep taking discount, or or, or uh, Chris Bosh or Wade for that matter, keep taking discounts. Just so we can feel the team. No, I'm going to take my. I'm going to get my money. You do what you can to surround your. You're, you're the GM. You're you're the you're the person who's supposed to be the talent evaluator. Bring people in to surround me so we can do this again. That type of thing. Um, right. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in Cleveland, man. I think. Okay. Well, well, Cleveland. Uh, I think they they're trying to get uh, uh, Sean Marion. Sean Marion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And put him alongside. Um, uh, LeBron and Irving because Irving can't defend nobody, and they right. need need a uh, they need somebody who can be a secondary defender besides LeBron, and then they're gonna have uh, Virgil play the center. That's why I think you know they might they might be able to win the West, I mean the East. Yeah, so I think anytime you, know, you put LeBron on the team, I think you got a chance yeah. to win everything. Right, so Kevin. Hey man, so you saying you would do the trade? You you would trade? I would, for, for I would do the trade because again, like I said, with Kyrie getting paid next year, you're not gonna have the same flexibility. You're gonna have to start trading everybody to uh, to be able to to sign him in free agency for what he's gonna want. So I probably would do it now. So you think if they get Kevin Love, then they're, they're so you're saying they're going to win when they so, so what he's saying is Ken is that you're you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not disagreeing right. with Ken tonight. Do it now if if you had the flexibility to do it now. You just do it at all times because then you got to trade trade away all your pieces 
and all that. And I think they'll have a. I mean, I think they'll either win. They'll, they'll probably get to the to the finals between the next two years. So it's worth the investment. Man, situation mm-hmm. so my opinion is like Kevin Love can be a good asset for the Cavs but then again Kevin Love um is not like the greatest like the greatest on defense or I'd say fitting in with other people because mm-hmm. like, he's never he's never played with anyone better than him really so so I'm Do not, you I'm think not really that sure that, that his game will elevate by playing with LeBron? Nah, man, hold um, on, Kyle. Hold, hold, man, don't ask that question. Hold on, man, Kyle. See, here's what this man is saying, man. If you, he's saying that he wouldn't do the trade, and he agrees with me. He said he <laughs> would pull the trigger for for Kevin Love because Kevin Love is a bad teammate and don't play defense. It, it, that's exactly what you're saying, right, man? See, man, I talk with you, man. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cause like. Kevin Love is not. I don't like Kevin Love by himself. I'm not sure he would like win a championship by himself. So of course not. But 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 name me a great player that's won a championship by himself because that shit doesn't happen. I think that's just a formality. I think everybody always says that Michael Jordan won. He ain't win shit by himself. Michael Jordan didn't win a playoff game without Scottie Pippen. Dwayne Wade. He didn't. Huh? He didn't win it by himself because Shaq carried them to the championship. Dwayne Wade won the championship. I I give him that, but he but he didn't win it all by himself. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so 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 jump off of the Dwayne Wade bandwagon chain. Oh man, and here's he, the thing. he's not gonna do that. <laughs> and, 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 and here's the thing with Kevin Love. Kevin Love hasn't been a player to elevate the players around him because that's not his game. Kevin Love is a big man that is gonna grab boards. Is going to get rebounds. Yeah, he doesn't play defense, but there's a lot of one-way players in the NBA. Kyrie Irving, as of right now, is a one-way player in the NBA. LeBron elevates everybody he plays with. It's like Tom Brady. It's like Peyton Manning. It's like Drew Brees. Give me one good guy, and I'll make us look like a championship team. That's all he needs. And here's the thing. David Black, I'm a fan of his. I like the way he's handled interviews and everything. I think that he's going to be fine. But the thing, the biggest question, you're 100% right, Kevin Love doesn't play defense. Kyrie doesn't play defense. Can they find the pieces to complement those guys to play defense? And also, how does David Black hide defensive uh, weak links? 
Because obviously Thibodeau has no problem with that. Thibodeau has always had a top ten defense, even with Carlos Boozer in the starting lineup. You know what I'm saying? And they their defensive ratings didn't fall that far off with Boozer in the lineup. So I'm not saying obviously David Blatt is Thibodeau. I'm just saying it can be done. And as good as LeBron is, Kevin Love is going to be a better player. Kyrie's going to be a better player. Everybody that's part of that Cleveland organization is going to be better just because LeBron is there. Now, it's up to the GM, and I guess LeBron is part of the GM role now as well, getting defensive guys in there. We know Varejo plays defense. We know Sean Marion plays defense. So now they have all of the offense in the world. They need to get some guys in there to shut some people down. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. I might be nitpicking a little bit because I'm a Warriors fan. You guys know all the trade rumors mm-hmm. back then when Kevin Love was going to right, right, Golden right. State. That was all before LeBron went to Cleveland. So I'm just saying he might be a better fit for the Warriors overall. I feel you there, too. I feel you there, too. Yeah, he, he, he probably could. But, I mean, now you're looking at, okay, do I play with the Warriors or do I play with the best player in the game? In the game? I mean, so, hey, you got you to gotta go with LeBron. I mean, so that's yeah, that's yeah, really where they are. Definitely. You, Definitely. you got anything else for us tonight, man? Um, I'm sorry, now you, you got anything else for us tonight? Uh, I just want to say I'm a uh, big fan of Dead End Hip Hop. Watch your reviews all the time. So I just want to say keep doing what you're doing. Basically. I appreciate so, it. I appreciate that, man. And this time you call in, man, don't don't take that crap from people, man. He just <laughs> used a lot of words. Hey, a hey, real quick question now. What was the last review? Uh, that you watched um, put you on the spot I think I watched the common review nobody smiling okay how'd you like that okay. one um, uh, I pretty much agree with you guys like Tom, he could have he could have done a little bit better like he could have had a few better features on that album and I, I think it took some more time to really get his message a message out about what's going on in Chicago so Y'all hate it on the album, Ken? I, I haven't watched the review yet. I, I'm set to watch the review tonight. Y'all hate it on the album? Uh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, uh, they, 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 you gotta watch it. You gotta watch yeah, it. Oh, yeah, show, I'm man. gonna watch it as soon as this show is over. Hey, Niles, man, thanks for calling, man. We definitely appreciate it. Pass the word on the show, man. All right, no problem. Peace. Thanks, fam. Phone number now is called area code 346-478-0356. Again, 6 Four six four seven eight zero three five six. 476 We got another caller. I think they're calling in on Skype. Skype caller, are you there? Hey, what's up? What's going on? What's going on? It's James. James, what's, what's James? going on, man? Nothing much, man. It's been a minute. Hey, man, this is our boy James calling, calling from uh, Australia. Yeah. Oh, okay, oh. okay, okay. Yeah, Australia yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like I've been burned like Stevie Nay. I did my boy Stevie Nay wrong, man. Oh, well, he'll be back tomorrow, thank you. What you got for us um, tonight yeah. or t- today? Because it's, uh, it's, it's Wednesday afternoon in, in Australia, right? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. What you got for us today, man? So, yeah, I got two things actually. Like both of them on Kevin Love. 
Um, first of all, um, I don't agree with King. Um, <laughs> I, I, Nobody does. I think that deal. I think that deal is because, yeah, like um, you were talking about the Golden State uh, offer they got. If you're gonna pass up on Harrison Barnes, Clay Thompson, and David Lee to get um, who is it, Bennett and Wiggins, I think there's something else going on in this trade. As everyone expects, it's gonna probably gonna be like a three-team trade or something, because that's 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 a lot to offer for one person, you know. And I I just think that Anthony Bennett and Wiggins are not. Uh, the complete, um, like what the Cle- what Cleveland is going to offer to uh, Minnesota for Kevin Love, and secondly, um, as much as you say Kevin Love doesn't play defense, or rather he's not the best defensive player um, mm-hmm. you have like in the league. Uh, a defensive set is not complete until you grab a rebound, and he grabs rebounds like he's he's not he. He he doesn't jump as high as everyone, but he gets rebounds and that's contributing to the defense. So it's not like it's not like he's James Harden where he does nothing on defense. Okay. He's actually contributing to the defense. So I think the the whole defensive um I mean, him not being able to defend is more like a it's it's not really a fair job. Definitely hindrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that his lack of defense is definitely a hindrance. So you, so you, you think that this deal will go through and Cleveland's going to be better because of you know having pairing Kevin Love with LeBron. Yeah, I think I think Cleveland will be because let's not let's not forget if you get average players and try and make them good players, that's kind of hard. But mm-hmm. good players can adjust and and be team players. So. Kevin Love is not a bad player. He's, he's a really good player. I believe he can adjust him as a person. That's a different story. We don't know how he's going to adjust like with everyone and dealing with everyone. But as good as he is, I'm pretty sure he can adjust his game and fit the. I mean, like the whole Cleveland, um, what they intend to do with LeBron there. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be interesting, man. I'm I'm really really looking forward to the season. Um, we talked about it. B, I think it told B told us before. He said it before. He said uh, he said, "Watch, Cleveland's going to get that Miami game on Christmas, on Christmas Day, and, Day, and that's what yeah. it is. Uh, LeBron's yeah. going back home, and I think I think Cleveland may be opening up against San Antonio. I think I heard that. I'm not sure. I need to go and check the pre- the the real schedule isn't out yet. The preliminary schedule is, but um, trust me, if, if Cleveland can be on TV." A maximum of fifteen times or whatever they're gonna be on TV. Whatever the maximum is, yeah, yeah. more than enough for Cleveland. They won the drama. They won the drama and the story. And everything. <laughs> I, I saw it coming. I was like, man, when, when he announced he was going to Cleveland, I was like, man, I, was like, I guarantee you he's gonna play Miami on Christmas Day. And lo and behold, I was like, I should have betted some money on that because I would have got, I would have got paid. So while while no, I got on the phone, let me ask you. What about, what did you think about the, the Paul George injury, man? Man, um, yeah, about that. I was watching the game, and, <laughs> yeah, man, I, okay, I'd say my, my favorite player in the NBA is probably Paul George, mm-hmm. because he had to go up against LeBron, um, um, yeah. And, yeah, like, that, that, that wasn't, he wasn't, 
Ricky Wilson fought. It was it was pretty nasty. And yeah. To, and the fact that like everyone, um, I mean, playing for your country is something like people shouldn't be. I'm not saying the teams don't have a right to tell players not to play for their teams, but um, if you look at other countries, let's just say Australia, for example, um, mm-hmm. people like Paddy Mills and um, Dante Exum, and like for them, it's something like it's it's not a choice. Like they have to do it. They feel like they owe it to their country. Like mm-hmm. it's not. It's not. I get. I get. Like the league. The league is in, um, the NBA is in the states, and yeah, like there's so many players coming out of there. But at the same time, um, teams get so much involved with like American. Um, I mean, the, like teams and media like get into it so much, and sometimes it, it feels like the patriotism is not there. But these guys are just doing it because they love the game, and you know, doing it for your country. So. Um, I guess what I'm saying is them getting injured, like NBA stars getting injured playing for their country, mm-hmm. is, it shouldn't really be. It, it was like um, like B said, it was just a freak accident, and that doesn't happen that often, you know. But yeah, that that injury was was pretty nasty. It was it was crazy. Yeah, it was, man. It, it was. It definitely was. It, I, one of we talked about it. You know, one of the worst injuries we've seen. You know, in quite some time, and some and shout out to um, I can't remember somebody mentioned in the chat room. No, shout out my man Dom on Twitter. He 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 hit us up. He said An, he said Anderson Silva's injury um, a few months ago. Uh, that was a gruesome injury. Yeah. You know, his leg in, in MMA. I forgot. I totally forgot about that. That was devastating. Who, by the way, is coming back too as well. Um, yeah, there's, that's that's There's one injury I saw as well. Those mm-hmm. like I think the worst um, one of the worst injuries I've seen was a soccer injury. Like okay. it was just a free kick, and this dude was hitting like he was about to um, kick the the free kick. Then the dude came in to block, and when the ball hit the back of his leg, it broke his tibia. Mm. And and as as the player who sh- the player who shot the ball, because he comes from very far, like he comes and hits the ball. So when he came and like struck the ball, the ball hit the dude. He broke his tibia, and he jumped on the guy and broke his fibula. So it was a compound fracture. From the mm. ball and the player, so yeah, that was that was probably the worst injury I've seen. His name is Alan Smith. If you want to check that out, okay, yeah, that was nasty. And, and that says a lot too, man. Because when you think about it, you if you break the, the tibia is you know this little science fact for you guys out there. That's the strongest bone, one of the strongest bones in your body. You know what I'm saying? So for you yeah. to yeah. for that to be broken, that says a lot right there. I mean that that is. Major, 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 major injury. Yeah, man. What's the name so, of the What's the name of the guy? What's, hey, James. What's the name of this dude again? What's the name? Alan, Alan Smith. Alan Smith. Okay, I'm gonna look that oh, up. Oh, and Aaron Ram. Aaron Ramsey was also a bad one. Yeah. Word up, word up. You you got anything else for us today, man? Yeah, man. Um, I just want to shout out San Antonio Spurs for hiring the first female regular season <laughs> assistant coach. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Antonio Spurs uh, hired uh, Becky Hammond. Uh, the first, Becky Hammond, yeah. She, I'm sorry, she's the second female uh, to, to be an assistant coach in the NBA. Is she? I thought she was the first. No, she's the second. Um, there was, uh, I can't remember her oh, name. Maybe she's somebody the who was on John Lucas's staff in 2001. Uh, I think her name was Lori something. Um 
But yes, oh, okay. uh, Becky Hammond's second. She's actually second. Or maybe she's the first full-time um, assistant mm-hmm. coach. I mean, being being on the staff of Pop, Greg Popovich, man, I mean, one of the best of the best. So, can't ask much yeah, more, man. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. True that. You got anything else for us, man? No, man, that's it. Hey, man, as always, man, we definitely appreciate you calling in from down under Australia, where it's Wednesday afternoon. And my man James is locked yeah. in live at Dead End Sports, man. We appreciate the love, James. Cheers. Um, shout out, Squib. Oh, snap. I hit the wrong play. My bad, James. I shut him. I, shut, I, I dropped his call. My bad. Hey, definitely appreciate James for calling in. Uh, man, my fingers are too quick. 646-478. Hang on. Let me see if I Maybe I can pull him back up. Or maybe I can't. James, you still there? Oh, he, he's gone. Okay, I thought I had him. Anyway, sorry about that, James. I hit the button too quick, man. Shout out to James for calling in from Australia. Uh, 646-478-0356. Uh, we talked trade deadline as far as, I mean, we talked trade a few minutes ago as far as Kevin Kevin Love is concerned. Uh, trade deadline just passed in Major League Baseball last Thursday. Uh, some major, major teams made some major moves. Um, so the question I'll have for you, and I'll throw out to you first, Ken, uh, as far as the trades are concerned, which Major League Baseball teams help themselves after the trade deadline? Ken. Ken? Whoa, Ken. I think Ken's going to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm right here. Okay, yeah, add us on mute. All right. So, uh, yeah. which teams do you think help, help themselves the most, man, after the uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline? I think one of the, the the obvious trades that that um that you have to look at, of course, are the Oakland A's. Who you know, I, I, man, they've always ran a, a really great organization um, because they've managed to win uh, without having high payrolls and and just using stats. And of course, there was a movie, you know, all about that. But um, so they, you know, so um, but but what they managed to do in this off season, man, with with their uh, with their starting five is, is just crazy. Trading for um, for John Lester, man, and being able to get him uh, from the the Boston Red Sox, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a hell of a move because you know they already got guys that that are just you know that are just pitching their asses off and locking people down anyway. So then to go out and, and get him, and then get um, uh, Jeff Samarja as well, yep, um, another solid pickup for him. So you got John Lester who's coming in, who has a 2.59 ERA, who who has a career 3.64 ERA. We've seen what he what he was able to do in Boston, and for them to add him to the rotation, and then Jeff Samarja, who you know who himself is a is a really damn good pitcher. I don't know if you guys remember him. I think this is the same guy that played at uh at Notre Dame. Yeah, he played Dame, at Notre Dame. Right? He played uh wide yeah. receiver and kick returner. Was nice too. Yeah, man. That yeah, so uh. Yeah, so he has a 2.91 ERA. So um, he, he doesn't have a great career winning record, but the fact of the matter is, when he's on the mound, you, you're not going to give up runs. So, and, and you know, and, and that always puts you in a good spot to, to win a game. Um, they gave up their, you know, the their outfielder, this Joannis, uh suspended guy, but they gotta probably yeah. do like yeah, some platooning there to kind of make up for his production, but. 
you know, you're talking about one guy who offensively contributes to your team, but again, you, you're, you're receiving, you know, uh, you're receiving an arm and John Lester, who has a chance to, yeah, I think the argument sometimes is, is, is that player plays every day and a pitcher, you know, only plays once every five days, but at the same time, you want to still roll, roll, roll guys out there that, that give you a chance to win. So, um, so yeah, man. I think, and, you know, so I think that they were definitely some some good winners. Um, I hated to see this one because I really liked him in Tampa because uh, David Price, um, mm-hmm. one of the you know real really good black pitchers we have out there. That there, you know, and and he was man. David Price was that guy, man. I mean, he he throws heat. And um and and what he did for that Tampa Bay organization, you know, at a time when they were really, you know, kind of at the bottom of the barrel, and then somehow they just kind of put together this core group of players, you know, from from hitting to pitching, to to all of a sudden be contenders and knock off some of the some of the teams that you know that used to beat up on them. And David Price kind of led that charge, and when he was on the mound, man, yo, he was he was he was throwing the heat. He was throwing mm-hmm. the but you know they they ultimately ended up trading him over to to B's, B's team man, the the Detroit Tigers, and uh, so you know um, very very good pitcher three point one fourteen ERA uh, career three point eighteen uh, ERA so the man has a winning record so he, he's definitely a, a a really really great pitcher and again he's coming to to a staff. That has some really, really, really good arms too, with uh, Rich Marcello and and uh, Max Scherzer on it. Even though I think they, man, he makes up uh, Annabelle Sanchez. So I think those are two of the teams that that I look at mainly because of what they've managed to do with the rotation. Because you all know, we all know that pitching and baseball, man, it is is one of those things that that's hard to get. And when you got some guys that can go out there and, and pitch. You know, you just never know what's going to happen. On you know, when you got guys that's coming up and, and hitting. So, but if you can give you a chance to to if you can stop teams from scoring, you, you got a chance to win every game. And and that's what both of these teams have, have managed to do. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? What 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 team in the major leagues or teams you think help themselves the most as we come down the stretch for the uh, pennant race? Hey, you y'all already know. Everybody listening, everybody that follows that in hip hop, that in sports, man, I really don't fuck with baseball like that. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, like I, I just it, it comes from a place where I just I don't understand the game like that. So I can't really say who were the best movers and shakers, but I can mm-hmm. definitely regurgitate what I hear everybody else talking about. And you know, a lot of people like what Detroit has done. You know, with with, with their starting pitching. Um, you know, I, I hear a lot of different takes, but I, I think that's pretty much the, the, you know, the biggest moves that um, I hear everybody else talking about. So I'm going to just roll with what everybody else says. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I know baseball enough to know that you're not going to win without pitching, um, you know, because, cause it, you know, you, you, you get into the Hall of Fame back in, three, you know, 300. So, you know, it, it's not really relying on bats. You know, you, you definitely need starting pitching, the bullpen. You need a little bit of everything coming down, uh, you know, to, 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 to win. So I, I definitely like what Detroit has done. I, I definitely think they have the best starting rotation. I don't know about the bullpen. 
But um, you know, obviously they 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 made they they made a nice move. They got everybody but. Oh, definitely, definitely. What what about you, B? Uh, you, you giving a thumbs up to your hometown team, man? Yeah, I, I, I going going into this trade deadline, I didn't even think Detroit was gonna make any moves. I didn't nobody even see this David Price uh, trade no, coming. Nah. Like no, like nobody. They, like people knew Price was talking to some teams. They they knew he was talking, to, but nobody mentioned Detroit. And when even though we get we we gave up a good center fielder, which you know I hate we gave him up, but you know for our pitching for our pitching rotation, you know Parcello Price. Uh, Sh- uh, Scherzer, um, Sanchez, Verlander. Even though Verlander is having probably one of his worst uh, statistical years so far in his career, uh, but you know I think at some point Verlander could turn it up, and, and, and what better time to turn it up is in September, October. So you know I, I feel good, and you know we Detroit, we got we got some hitters. I mean you can't you know Cabrera, we got um mm-hmm. Victor uh, Martinez, um, we got a uh, Brian Holiday. Um, uh, uh, I can't mess his name up though. But Carrera, Equal Carrera, uh, Raquel Day, Rajel Davis. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm just name off the top of my head. Just uh, as far as our hitters, but yeah, pitching. You know, yeah, we got good starting pitchers, but you know, a, a key factor, which is I think one of the reasons why the Yankees was so successful, is that they had closers. You know what I'm saying? Like you. You can have pitchers that can pitch, you know, seven, eight innings, but when they tire and you got to put in that closer to finish it out, you got to have closers. And I think that's what me- that's what kind of messed us up the couple of years we went to the World Series and uh, and within the last decade we went to the World Series twice and we got popped twice by the uh, yeah. Cardinals and the Giants. So we didn't have we had horrible closers. I mean, we like we have leads and and closers was just you know the, our closer pitchers was just not was not good. So. You know, hopefully, you know, our starting pitchers will give us a good, comfortable lead to where we won't have to rely too much on our closes, you know, going into the in the postseason if we, you know, win at win at AL Central, which I'm pretty sure I think we will. We about, we're already, like, five games ahead of Kansas City, uh, like seven games ahead of Cleveland, and, like, ten, almost ten games ahead of the White Sox. So, and I think we're looking good right now. As long, as long as we don't go on no, you know, 12, 13-game losing slump, we should be straight. I think we're going to get to AL Central with no problem. Um, but yeah, I, I feel that 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 price pickup was like what? Like I was like what? I, at first I thought it was like a fake or a rumor or something. When I saw it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, that can't be for real. We can't. We, there ain't right. no way we get we getting price. But yeah, when I saw it, I was like, damn. So I feel good, man. I, I feel really good about our chances. You know, getting that World Series, hopefully making it and then winning it this time. You know, our first World Series. It is, man, it's crazy. If we win the World Series, this will be our first World Series in exactly 20 years. Last time we won it was 84. Yeah. 84, I remember it. I remember it. Uh, Alan Trammell, uh, Kirk Gibson, Mark Anderson was the was uh, manager. Huh? Yeah, Kirk, yep, Kirk Gibson was a beast, man. Yeah, he, oh, he yeah. was our, oh, yeah. our go to guy. Honestly, back then. He was our go to guy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree years. with you guys, man. I, I think it's probably the, the biggest. I think the biggest winners, if you will, uh, definitely were the A's and uh, and and the. I mean, the Cardinals made a nice move, a couple of nice moves too, you know, by uh, getting uh, John Lackey and Justin. John Hunter. Lackey, yeah. Um, yep. But um, but yeah, I think the price trade was 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 phenomenal because I didn't I, like you said nobody saw it coming. I, I remember you know Thursday came around and you know the thing about it was everybody was you know there was a lot of rumors and innuendo flying around about who was going to go where. 
Everybody knew mm-hmm. that David Price was be, was going to be moved. However, nobody when I and I look, went back and looked through some notes and stuff like that and things on the internet. Like you know how you have potential teams where you think players may go. Detroit wasn't even on the map as far as what they right. thought he would end up. So wasn't for him to end up in Detroit with that, you know, now their bullpen is a little suspect, but you know they've got a very very good rotation, very great starting five um, that they can throw out there. Um, so. You know, I think you you're looking at Detroit and Oakland. Probably, I think for the for for the for the ALCS with the right to go to the um, to the World Series. World I mean, Series. You look at when you look at what Oakland was able to do in picking up. You said John, like Ken said, John Lester. Uh, you look at Lester. They've got Gray. They've got um, you add Lester to the mix. Samarja, uh, Casimir. I mean, like Casimir, they've got yeah. you know yeah, they've got a rotation right there, man, that's a killer. And, I mean, what they're doing is right now is just separating themselves and just lining it up. And we all know you can have, especially baseball is such a, a, a interesting dynamic, and I know a lot of you have asked us, you know, when you guys going to talk baseball? When you guys, well, trust me, we're going to talk baseball, especially we, as we come down the stretch with the pennant race. Um, I think, man, what's, what's so interesting is, is that you can have all of these, and, and my, my, team is, my team is the Yankees. They've proven that. You can have all of the hitters that you want, but if you don't have solid pitching, you ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, that, it's only going to take you but so far because at some point in time, if your bats get cold, it's a wrap. You're done. Yep. You yep. know, so I think um, that's going to be the thing that I think is going to propel both Oakland and Detroit down the stretch. And to be honest, man, I'm even though I'm not a fan of those teams, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping. I think my Yankees are. I think we're five games out. Um, I'm hoping we can get in with a wild card, maybe, uh, or try to you know win the East. It's a long shot because everybody and their mama's hurt for the Yankees, uh, and I just don't know if it if it's going to happen. I would love to see it happen, if for no other reason, just to see my man Jeter play in the postseason one more time. But. Um, I, I think coming down the stretch, man, it's going to be it, we're, look, we're going to be looking at some really, really good baseball. And I think the teams that made the the best moves, um, you know, as far as the trade deadline were were. Uh, but you got to I got to give major kudos to the to the Tigers for pulling off that price rate because because they didn't even give up a prospect for him. I mean, to be able to come out of nowhere and to make that trade happen, I think was phenomenal. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight. 0356. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners in crime, Ken, B, and FIFO. You know him from Dead End Sports. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, make sure that you check out our show. Matter of fact, do yourself a favor if you have not done this already. If you would like to see us, see us in, in living color, uh, go to youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have videos up. We're shooting another video tomorrow. Um, we got a lot of content coming. Trust me. It's like uh, the, the the saying that Puff Daddy had back in 95. We're not going to stop. <laughs> we are not going to stop. We're going to keep giving you more and more. And this is just the beginning. Like Ken mentioned, get in on the ground floor because Dead End Sports is truly Truly about to blow up, I, and I'm not—I'm not just telling you something I'm, uh, that I heard. I'm telling you something that I know. So make sure that you check us out. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow the account on Twitter at Dead End Sports. You can follow us individually. Uh, make sure that you—if you're on Facebook, like our Facebook page. We have a lot of content on there. Check out our website, DeadEndSports.com. 
Um, you can also catch us on Stitcher as well as iTunes. Subscribe there as well. Um, next question I have for you guys, uh, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, quarterback of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, yesterday signed a huge deal. Uh, it was reported. It was at a reported six years, $115 million uh, total for the contract. Um, that contract left a lot of people scratching their heads because Andy Dalton has not performed well in the playoffs at all. Uh, he's been very inconsistent, to say the least. Um, so, Ken, I'll start with you, man. What, what were your thoughts about Andy Dalton's contract, man? Um, I, 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 you know what? I like the move, man. Um, I know that he hasn't, you know, performed well in the playoffs. But when you have a quarterback that – when you have a quarterback like him that, that can – he's proven that he can play the game, that he can put up put numbers on the board, that he is an actual quarterback – I think you go ahead and commit to a long-term deal, a six-year deal, you know, with him and, and see what you can do. Because the fact of the matter is, even though he's lost in the playoffs, but the last two or three years, he's gotten to the playoffs the last two or three years. And the rest is up to him to get over that hump. Look, Romo hasn't made it to the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Romo, well, he went once, right? So Yeah, he, he has one playoff win. Yeah, so yeah, so he has one playoff win, right? But has Romo been to the playoffs in the last few years? No. Who has been to the playoffs in the last few years? Dalton has. So you got a guy who, with the right weapons around him, has proven uh, during the regular season he can get the job done. And as we know and have seen in the NFL there are players that cannot get it done in the regular season, so you don't have a chance to see what they can do in the postseason. So I think if you got a guy that has shown that he can at least get you there, then you commit to that guy for six years, and then you go from there and see what you can do to get to help him get over the hump or hopefully get over the hump himself. So I, I think it was a good move, man. Quarterbacks are hard to come by. And if you got one that can get it done, you know, granted it's in the regular season, and he has failed miserably in the postseason, but the fact of the matter is he can get you there. The rest is on the team, the organization, and him, and the coach to get over the hump and go to the next level. So I'm all for it. I, I disagree, Ken. I, I think it, for you – <laughs> I think if you can, you do me no. You don't help me if you get me there and you can't do anything when we get there. I don't want you to take me to prom and just leave me at the door. And so that's what Andy Dalton's doing. I'm not. I'm not. You saying you don't want to go there at all? This is what I. If I'm Cincinnati, and and here's the thing, Cincinnati didn't have to do this deal right now. Cincinnati could have, they could have held off and said, you know what, we'll we'll talk contract at the end of the year. And I'm not saying that they were because, as you mentioned, franchise quarterbacks are hard to come by. Let's let's get that out and open first and foremost. And whether or not you want to deem Andy Dalton a franchise quarterback, you know, it it, it really just depends. I don't. I think he's a decent quarterback. I'm not so I'm not sold on him as of yet. And no, I, I don't want you to get me to the dance. I need you to get me to the dance and perform. I need you to dance once you get to the dance. I don't need you to get, take me to prom and go stand on the wall. Um, so no, nah, I, I don't. You know, 
I, I'm Cincinnati left me scratching my head with this one. Um, what about you, B? Uh, you you agree with Ken? You you think this is a good deal? Uh, could have took the money down a little bit. I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, what other quarterbacks are out there that that's you know? There's other quarterbacks out there getting paid a whole bunch of money and they haven't proved nothing. Uh, hey. Matthew Stanford. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, Matt Ryan. I mean, yeah, they've been successful, but what has Matt Ryan done in the playoffs? He's getting a buku a lot of money. So, I mean, what's wrong with Andy, Andy Dalton? I mean, he was third in touchdown, most touchdowns, uh, passing touchdowns last year. I mean, granted, his rating wasn't up to par, and he threw 20, 20 interceptions. But, I mean, the dude was third right up under Peyton, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees in touchdown passes because, of course, he had a weapon. And what? Don't Eli got a buku of money? I mean, yeah, you got two Super Bowls behind it. Um, Flacco got a lot of money. If Flacco can get some money, I, I would damn sure pay Andy Dalton more some money before I pay Flacco. I, I mean, the dollar amount was <laughs> a little too high. You know, I, I'm serious. But like I said, the dollar amount was a little too high, but I I really have no big issue because it's almost like, okay, who else you going to get that money to? Uh, Geno Smith? You're going you gonna to get Nick Foles? You're going to get Chad Henney? 116 mil? So it's just like, who else you going to give that type of money to? So... It's not like the pickings, the pickings of QBs ain't like it's a, a, a handful of, well, not a hand, hand, foot, and toes full of QBs you can just pick from. I mean, okay, Andy Dalton, he got you to the postseason a couple of times. And, but the one thing I can't say about Andy Dalton is when he looks good, he, he, he looks amazing. But when he looks bad, boy, he looks awful. Yeah, he's bad. <laughs> like, he'd be awful, you know, so... You know, I don't have no issue. They, they, they want. They, I guess, come about him that Cincinnati believe in. They, they want to keep him long term. So, nothing wrong with that. What about you, FIFO man? Man, look. First of all, I don't know why the hell Ken is so in love with with mediocre quarterbacks. <laughs> like, just as long as I known him, he just he's so pro mediocre quarterback, and they don't do nothing. And I don't, I don't, I just, I don't get it. Because he, he, here's the thing, B. You're 100 right. The, there's one side to it where you have a quarterback that can play versus you know because there's not a lot of quarterbacks. But you're the right. thing is, is, like, <laughs> is, 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 just simply put, there's a there's a there's a lot of people in America, and not a lot of them could be a really good quarterback. That's a very mm-hmm. difficult position to play. But at mm-hmm. the same time, the type of money they gave them for the long as long as they. I just I I, I, don't, I don't get it. And yeah. I think the dollar amount should be shorter. Yeah, exactly. It, for, for me, the way I look and I judge quarterbacks is by this right here, and this is the reason why. You know, I don't even go by playoff victories or or, or regular wins or, or. It's about winning. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a, it, it, you dominate a game or you squeak one out. My thing is is when the game is on the line, can I trust this quarterback? to make the right decisions to put us in positions to win. Matt Ryan hasn't had a lot of playoff success, but I believe in him. When it's two minutes to go and he has the rock, he might not score a touchdown, but he'll get us in position to, to win the game. I trust that. Tony Romo, I don't trust that. Nope. I remember Ken was all on Matt Schaub. Man, Matt Schaub is this, and they're good. In it. No, hell no, Ken. And, and I made this point to him years ago. I don't trust Matt Schaub. There's a lot of quarter Matt, Matt Stafford, he, he's borderline because I don't trust him with two minutes to go, but is there really how, – how many better arm talents in the, in, in the NFL are there over Matt Stafford? 
Is it like like not many people have a better arm than Matt Stafford? That's what you're playing for with him, and hopefully the mental, the IQ aspect of the game, you know, what I'm saying catches up to his arm talent. But outside of that, man, come on, like, I, no, Andy Dalton to me, and I don't mean no disrespect. This is purely for entertainment purposes. He's a bum. I I, I, I wouldn't pay him. Yo, know, he's just a bum. He's a bum quarterback. Yeah, he had the oh, third man. most. We, man, we we get no we get notification. We only got sixty seconds left. I, I don't oh, know. Who, you know what? Let's jump it. Uh, Eric Coast six one nine. I see that you just chimed in. Uh, call back next week. We sorry we couldn't get to you. We're up against the break. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in, man. Gotta make big shout out to everybody for tuning in. Shout out to James who called in from Australia. My man Niles, Kevin, and our boy Q. Six man. Uh, if you missed any parts of the show, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead end sports. Make sure that you check out our YouTube channel, uh, dead end youtube.com backslash dead end sports. Uh, check out our website, dead end sports. Follow us on Twitter at dead end sports. Follow us individually on Twitter as well. Check out us on Facebook as well. Um, we got a new, two, new YouTube video that we're shooting tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. For Ken, for B, for FIFO, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you next week. Peace. Peace. You're disappointing me so much. <laughs> <laughs>